What's going on? You listening to King Cam on June Bay's podcast and June Bay means message. And today's message is Elijah in the wilderness. Check it out. If you will get your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 4 through 8. 1 Kings 19, verses 4 through 8. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And it says, But he himself, when a day's journey, into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, arise and and he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Verse 8, it says, And he arose. <clears throat> And he arose, but he himself with a day's journey into the wilderness. My thought for this text is Elijah in the wilderness. Elijah in the wilderness. In our text, it's hot. You can see the sun beaming down into this dry, arid, scorching place. As you look closer, you see a man slowly gradually making his way across the wilderness. It's Elijah. He's tired. He's hungry. And you can see the sweat streaming down his face and his arms. And you can feel the thickness of the heat resting on his back. He's in the wilderness. And as he look around, he, all he can see is the, his, his vision is getting bad. And all he can see is the vast abyss of nothingness. He's in the wilderness. And you can see the, and hear the birds of prey looming, circling over his head. He's in the wilderness. And this is after chapter 18. This is after he preached and teached at the thunderous pulpit of Mount Carmel. This is after he asked him a question, how long will you be hauled between two opinions? This is after he rebuked 450 prophets of Baal and after he took a stand for God, after telling the truth and shaming the devil. This is after fire falling fresh from the sky, Elijah found himself down in the wilderness. <clears throat> yeah, we have to understand this prolific prophet, this man of God, was at a very low point of his life. It's all because a few people rejected him. Because a few people with money and power and prestige, uh, people like King Ahab and Queen Jezebel rejected him. As a matter of fact, they threatened his life. She just took our men out, we're going to come after you. They threatened his life and they rejected him. That's the way it is sometimes. That's the way it is. You may impact some people. You may influence other people. Oh, but the one or two people you're trying to reach, 
may reject you. Uh, that one coworker may reject you. Your, your family members may reject you. Your friend or your favorite cousin may reject you. Your, your husband, your wife, or even your children may turn their back and reject you. Call you a hater. As a matter of fact, they ask you for the advice. And then as soon as you give them those words of wisdom and that word of uh, encouragement or sound words and, and, and they, they reject you. They say, you don't know what you're talking about. And you feel that all is lost. You feel that you missed your mark. You feel uh, that you're not called to do this. But I'm reminded in the Bible when, when Moses was, uh, was afraid of rejection and he used a speech impediment as an excuse, God turned around and assured him and said, who created your mouth? I am with you. And Jeremiah was afraid of rejection. And he said, I have a little stage fright. God turned around and assured him and said to him, don't worry about the many faces. Paul said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. But all long-suffering and doctrine, preach it when they like it and preach it when they don't. But Elijah wasn't trying to hear all that. He was down, sweaty, and hot in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, the text says, he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness. That's 24 hours. Of walking. <clears throat> you hear what I said? That's 24 hours of going. That's a long time to be going anywhere, much less going and being hot in the middle of nowhere. See, if I make the wrong turn, Sister Cameron would immediately have her GPS on deck. And Elijah went out there a day's journey in the wilderness. Now, some people believe. Some people believe that uh, if you're in the wilderness this long, it's because uh, you did something wrong. Uh -huh. You uh, disobeyed God. You, 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 you didn't do what he told you to do. Uh, like the children of Israel, back in the days of the Exodus, when they doubted and disobeyed God, they sojourned in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, but that's not the case right here. That's not the case. Elijah did everything right, but he found himself in the wilderness. He followed God's word, but he's in the wilderness. He was on divine assignment, but he's in the wilderness. Somebody here understands that, yes, I had church. Yes, I go to church, pay my tithes, read the Bible, but I find myself in the wilderness. I love the Lord with all my heart, mind, and soul, and all my strength, but I find myself in the wilderness. I reach others while I'm in the wilderness. I sing in a choir, work with young people. I even encourage others, but I can't find the words to encourage myself in the wilderness. How many people in here can testify? Yes, on Sunday, I, mean, I, I had a, a mountaintop experience, but as soon as I set my foot on the parking lot, I found myself down in the wilderness. Oh, some of y'all may not understand. Some of y'all been y'all been y'all were born with Bible in your hand. Oh, but there's, there's somebody here that's going through that personal wilderness experience. Like Elijah, you're traveling through this scorching wilderness. Yeah. 
wilderness experience. And a preacher said that either you are in the wilderness, about to go out of it, or about to go in it. So my question is, what wilderness are you in? What place do you find yourself in? Uh, is it uh, the wilderness <clears throat> of doubt? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Is it the wilderness of uh, anxiety? Is it the wilderness of anger, resentment, or should I say uh, bitterness? Huh? Is it uh, the wilderness of grief and sorrow? And somebody uh, leave you and pass away, you say, Lord, why did they leave me? Oh, that's not it. Okay, what about the wilderness of not having a job? The wilderness of having a job. Oh, I got to go to work again. The wilderness of bills or no money or, or a bad marriage or a, abusive relationship, sickness in your body. If it's not one thing, it's another. Oh, is there one or two people in here that are, that are, under, that are testifying and realize that I may have been in a wilderness a couple of times? Yeah. Elijah, the great man of God, found himself by himself. He's down. He's in the wilderness again. And the text says, now, O Lord, take away my life. Mm. Take away my life. People of God, there's one thing I've learned by studying the text. There's something that arrested my attention. There is a certain reality that's very apparent in the text, and that is Elijah was depressed in the wilderness. Did you hear what I said? Okay, let me rewind, play, press play. Uh, there's something, there's one thing I've learned while studying the text. There's something that arrested my attention. There is a certain reality that's very apparent in the text. And that is, Elijah was depressed, that's my first point, in the wilderness. Oh, we forget that these people, these people in the Bible were real people with real problems and real issues. So my, Elijah was depressed in the wilderness. So my question is, have you ever been depressed? Oh, depressed mentally or depressed emotionally or even depressed spiritually. Yeah, just like the birds of prey, depression is looming over your head day in and day out. Depressed. Yeah, you spiritually depressed. The theologians call it the dark night of the soul where you're in church, but you can't feel God. You are you're singing, but it's not touching you. That's depression. That's spiritual depression. If you're not depressed, do you know someone that goes through these battles of depression? Uh, somebody understands what Elijah is saying. He said, now, oh, Lord, take away my life. End it all for me. Oh, that's deep. That's a humble and, and a heartbroken prayer right there. Now, oh, Lord, take away my life. No matter what they say, I'm still depressed. No matter how much they pour into your life, you turn around because of depression, you say, I'm still depressed. No matter how often they pray for you, no matter how often they wrap their arms around you and say, I love you, I'm still depressed. I need one person that'll be transparent in this place with me and say and testify, yes, I'm saved, but I'm depressed. I'm sanctified 
but I'm depressed, filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm depressed. I'm testifying. I'm a living testimony, but I'm tired. I'm ministering, but I'm drained. But the Bible says, Jesus said to us, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Elijah was depressed in the wilderness. He said, now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. My goodness, this is after chapter. This is after chapter 18. After all the things he's done in chapter 18, he says, I'm not better than Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. Some of you have done great, wonderful things, and then you turn around when depression sits in and it sits on your back like heat. You say, I'm not better than my grandfather, I'm not better than my grandmother, I'm not better than the people back in the day. This man of God just got me doing great and wonderful things used by God. He preached and he performed miracles. And then when the person says that he turned around and say, I'm not better. Some of you have done great things. You, you, uh, but because of depression, uh, you say you're not better. You won victories, but you're not better. You have gained goals. Uh, you persevere, but you turn around and say, you're not better. Don't let the enemy, don't let the devil steal your joy. Oh, I'm looking around in this room. I see a few stories in here. I see a few testimonies in here. Some overcomers. I see some people that beat the odds. Not a statistic. Somebody here made it out. Somebody here got in. They got delivered, got free, got, uh, got, promotion, got promoted, got that graduation got healed. I need somebody here that'll testify and say, I can make an inventory and I can ask him a question. How has he blessed you? How has he made a way for you? Has he opened doors for you? He says, I can look back over my life and think things over. I can truly say that I've been blessed. I am a living testimony. Matter of fact, all of my good days, I weigh my bad days and I won't complain. Uh, you may be down and depressed, but you, need, you can testify like David said, I look towards the hills for what's coming my help. My help comes from the Lord. Aren't you glad that he's a heart fixer? Aren't you glad he's a mind regulator? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the text says, behold, the angel touched him. Oh, y'all missed it. Uh, something happened in the text, something developed in the text, something transpired in these pages. Uh, while he was down and depressed in the wilderness, an angel touched him. Look at it. Look at it real close. He didn't reach out and touch the angel. The angel touched him. He didn't stretch forth his hand. The angel touched him. He didn't touch the hem of his garment. The angel Touched him. He didn't push himself closer to the pool. The angel stooped down and touched him. Is there somebody in here uh, that can say, while I was lost in my mess, in the wilderness, God came down and touched me. I was hopeless, but he touched me. I was grieving, but he touched me. Full of melancholy, but he touched me. Depressed, all but then, God touched me. I'm so glad, so glad that trouble don't last always. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. 
And the angel said to him, arise and eat. Oh, look at it. My first point is Elijah was depressed in the wilderness. Here's my second point. And Elijah received divine direction in the wilderness. Did you hear what I said? Elijah received divine direction in the wilderness. At this point, who was talking to Elijah? The angel. And the angel came from God. That's divine. And the, the divine direction was to uh, arise. <clears throat> but this is uh, 2021. This is the 21st century. And uh, we don't say arise. We say something like, uh, get up. Huh? In order for Elijah to arise, or should I say, get up, he had to go from one point to another. From his lowest point to the highest point. From being asleep to being woke. Oh, y'all not praying with me. Arise, that means you should uh, get up, stand up. You should get out of bed, uh, get on your feet. I believe the Lord has given us divine direction. That is to arise. Yeah, in the wilderness, Elijah received divine direction and the angel said, arise. And what else did he say? And eat. Oh, it's like a loving parent. It's like a loving grandmother, grandfather, father, or mother. In other words, before you go, get up and eat. Yeah, we're depressed, but eat something. Before you go to the next level, eat. But I need you to look closely back at the text. Pay attention, the angel was really specific as to what the man of God should be eating. As a matter of fact, it was already prepared for him. Oh, my goodness. Uh, salvation was already prepared for you. Grace and mercy was already prepared for you. Thou preparest, David said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Uh, my, uh, the Caesar saints, my grandmother never used to say, when you was trying to figure it out, yeah, he's already worked it out. Remember, Elijah asked for one thing and God gave him another. He asked for death. God gave him life. He was depressed. God gave him compassion. You asked for one thing. You was going, you was, you wanted something as you asked for something else, but God gave you mercy. Uh, he gave you a blessing. Aren't you glad? God didn't give you what you deserve. He protected you. He shielded you. He kept you from danger seen and unseen. Matter of fact, he kept you from yourself. Right now, in our wilderness experience, we are receiving a divine direction. That is to arise and eat. And somebody here is asking me, what should we be eating? Well, I'm glad you asked. The text is real clear about it. <clears throat> it's emphatically clear that we should be eating bread and water. Nah, I'm just playing. Y'all look at me like, huh? No, <laughs> no, Elijah, that's what he was supposed to eat. That is what the angel gave him. But, uh, you know, we still should be eating. We still, yeah, because I still have my chicken, my catfish, and my salad, and a little cozy on the side. But think about it now. In the 21st century, the, the New Testament church, there are some things that we should be eating. Everything is not good for human consumption. We should, the bread, we have to understand the bread is symbolic of the word of God. And water is emblematic of 
the rejuvenating and refreshing power of the Holy Spirit. So we should be eating the word of God. What well, you know, what one verse, one or two verses, a chapter, we should eat it every day. The Bible is the word. The Bible is that manna that fell from heaven. I see, I love fellowship. See, I love praise and worship. I love hearing the sweet songs of Zion, but I need the word. Uh, I need that logos, the logos word, the rhema word, the in due season word, I, the word that will sustain you, the word empowers you, maintains you, rejuvenates you, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long you've been in church, you still need to eat. Uh, we, we, we eat every day physically. We need to eat that word every day. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The he that coming after me will never hunger, but he that and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Elijah received divine direction in the wilderness. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The song says, come and die. The table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Now, see, I came, my home church is uh, Galilee Missionary Baptist Church. The Reverend L.R. Davis is pastor, and uh, we had devotion. <clears throat> yes, we did. We had that devotion, and uh, you know, we, don't, we didn't have the praise team that came on from about four or five people. Each one had a mic. We had one deacon one, on one knee with one mic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had devotion at Galilee Missionary Baptist Church, and uh, he would sing a song like this. He would say, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Open up the crystal fountains for whence healing waters flow. Elijah received divine directions and he said, arise and eat. Ah, but after he ate, the Bible said, he laid back down again. Uh, some people will say, He's still depressed. Others may say he's tired. He, he had a day's journey in the wilderness. But knowing the people I know, <clears throat> knowing me, after eating all that food, you know, just like Elijah, I lay back down again. But we would call it a severe case of the itis. Uh, <laughs> y'all catch that when y'all get home. Yeah, a severe case of he went back to sleep. Now, I looked at the text. I looked at it. And I found myself getting upset with Elijah. I found myself being very judgmental at this man of God. You say, after receiving, uh, after being depressed in the wilderness, after receiving divine direction, you go back to sleep? Huh? You're wrong, Elijah. You're wrong. Uh, but then the word, the mirror called the word of God, turned around and reflected on me. Then I realized I was one of those people that got fat full of the word of God, that eat week in and week out and go back to sleep. Went to church we, every, every, every other day, went back to sleep. Went to all the revivals, to all the conferences on YouTube all the time, but went back to sleep. I caught, got divine direction, but caught the spiritual itis. I know it don't happen here. Y'all eat the word, and then y'all share with somebody else. But I myself, this is a confession. This is a confession. I myself personally ate all that word and went back to sleep. Yeah, you received divine direction. 
Then the angel went back to sleep at the gate. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him. Oh, y'all missed y'all shout cue. Uh, the Bible says, matter of fact, the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him. You need to put a handle on that. This is not just any regular angel. This is the angel of the Lord. That is very uh, symbolic of the Lord coming down himself to touch him. Oh, my goodness. He came again a second time and touched him. See, <clears throat> I'm the oldest of three. And uh, after my mama tell me the second time, normally she would come and touch me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of y'all old school. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. How many people in here can thank God for touching you a second time? Touch, he touched you once, yeah. But he came back and touched you a second time, reminded you of your calling, reminded you of your mission, your purpose, and your plans. He said, for I know the plans I have for you. That's redemption. That's forgiveness. That's restoration. After you said it was done, he came back a second time and he touched you. You quit praying and you quit reading the word and he threw in a time. Matter of fact, it's way over there. Then the angel came a second time and touched you. Aren't you glad that the Lord is a look, the God of a second, third, fourth, or even fifth chance? He came down and touched you a second time. Touched, what did he touch? Touch my situation, touch my condition, touch my illness, touch my marriage, my, my job, my finance, even my attitude. How many people in here that can testify that God came a second time and touched you with a fingertip of love, touched by grace and mercy, compassion, power, salvation? Where were you? When he touched you a second time, was it uh, at home? Was it in your car? Was it at school? Was it at where he came down and touched you a second time? The song says, the song says, he, oh, he touched me. And all the joy that filled my soul, something happened. And now I know, now I know, now I know he touched me and made me whole. For it's not by power. Nor by my, by, my, by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, I'm reminded of a story. Yeah, I'm reminded of a story. There was a, a little girl. She was about five or six years old. And she was, she called herself a little artist. You know, she liked to, to draw and color and to keep her from coloring and drawing on everything, mama, her mama bought her a coloring, a coloring book and a beautiful big box of crayons. Oh, yeah, not pray with me. And every day after school, she would uh, get that coloring book and get a beautiful box of crayons and start coloring and coloring some more. She would use all the colors in that, in that, uh, in that crayon in that box, put them in a little coloring book. But there's one specific color she loved. This was her favorite color. And she used that coloring, that crayon every day. That's her favorite color. But ah, oh, she applied too much pressure and the crayon broke. Oh, y'all not praying with me. And then there was a cry that filled the house. 
And then mama came in and asked, child, what is wrong with you? She said, mama, my crayon is broken. My crayon don't work anymore. Oh, somebody caught on to it. And mama, she stooped down. She sat down with the baby. She got the coloring book in her hand and got that broken crayon and start coloring. She said, baby, broken crayons still work. Oh, some of you at the sound of my voice, you're broken. You are depressed. You are downtrodden. You are going through the broken people. Broken saints still work. Elijah was depressed in the wilderness. My first point. Second point, Elijah received divine direction in the wilderness. But there's one more thing. One more thing I got to tell you. In our text, this is my third point. Elijah moved with determination in the wilderness. The Bible said, and he arose. I need somebody here that will hear the word of God, receive divine direction, and move with determination, move with urgency, move at the will of God, move with dedication, with some tenacity, some assurance, some conviction. The song says, a charge to keep, yeah, I have, a God to glorify, who gave his son my soul to save and fed him for the sky. Yes, I may be tired, but I'm going to move. I may have issues, but I'm going to move. The Bible said, and he arose. Elijah moved with determination in the wilderness. Is there somebody here that testify? I may be depressed, but I'll, I'll rise. Struggles, but I'll rise. Trials, tribulations, Money is funny, you know, change is strange. Storms may rise, winds may blow, may rock me from one side or another, but I will arise. And that is move with determination. I've got a question in here. How does it feel when you get out the wilderness? How does it feel when you got out? I feel like shouting. I feel like dancing. I feel like Praising God, praise him in his place. Since we in church, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. When you move with determination, you be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed on your going out and your coming in. God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. Move with determination. I heard the voice of Jesus saying, come unto me and rest. Lay down, Marcus. Lie down. Lay your head upon my breast. I came to Jesus just as I was. Weary one and said, I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. Yeah, Elijah was in the wilderness. Yeah, he was depressed in the wilderness and he received divine direction. Then Elijah, he moved with determination in the wilderness. May God bless you, may he keep you.